Welcome to Transparency with Diana B, a podcast from wealthmanagement.com focused on advisors' personal well-being and healing. In this podcast, we explore some of the deepest struggles and hardships that many advisors face and bring these issues out into the open so that others may find healing. Join us for this journey where we explore ways to overcome the stresses and anxieties as Diana draws from years of expertise and guest experts to manage the personal challenges of advisors. Hello, everyone, and welcome to the latest episode of Transparency with Diana B, a podcast by WealthManagement.com. My name is Diana Britton, and I'm the managing editor of WealthManagement.com. For those of you who are new to the podcast, each episode focuses on a personal development issue facing financial advisors and financial services professionals. Guests join me to talk about their journey dealing with the struggle and how they found healing uh, my guest today is Anne-Marie Stonich. She's the Chief Wealth Strategist and Relationship Manager at Coldstream Wealth Management in the Seattle area. Her firm, Paracle Advisors, recently merged with Coldstream. But Anne-Marie, I wanted to go back a little bit to when you founded Paracle in, in 2004 with your two male partners. And I know during that first year of starting the business, Anne-Marie had a lot going on. She was planning her wedding. She had her first child. She was also dealing with her mother's failing health, all while trying to build the business from scratch. So Anne-Marie, thank you. First of all, thank you so much for being on the podcast today. Thank you, Diana, for having me. It's a pleasure to be here. So tell us about that first year when you started Paracle and the events that kind of unfolded during that time? Well, I started Paracle in February of 2004 when I was 28 years old. And myself and two other co-founders left another wealth management firm and launched out on our own. The timing wasn't exactly ideal. As you mentioned, I was getting married just three months after Paracle's launch, and my husband and I got pregnant shortly thereafter. So just one year after the you know anniversary of founding Paracle, I gave birth to a healthy baby girl named Betsy. And then three weeks later, my mother had a heart attack and was fortunate to be resuscitated by a first responder that just happened to be nearby. But that heart attack left her in critical condition and she stayed in ICU for the next three weeks. And so during those three weeks, I would do this triangle of home with my newborn infant and then travel over to the ICU to visit my mother and then go to our office on Mercer Island and try to get some work done. And I, I just remember this triangle of a fog of putting one step in front of the other as we're trying to you know, address all of these things happening in my life. Yeah. How did you feel during that time? Obviously, you, it sounded like you were in a fog, but what was going through your head as you were going from the newborn to the office to see your mom? Just a lot of emotional stuff going on for you. Absolutely. And I think like many people may be able to relate to this after going through this COVID experience where I've heard it referred to as surviving but not thriving, right? Where mm. we are in a situation that's that's not ideal and doesn't enable you to spend all the time that you want to. But 
you really just have to put one foot in front of the other and focus on what has to happen, right? Your, your children, taking care of your children, building the business and continuing to attract new clients. And of course, spending time with your, your family who are facing health issues. Yeah. And I know before that being pregnant was hard enough, but you're also building the business. And so tell us a little bit about that. What was that experience like being pregnant and, and building the business? And, you know, I think that there are a lot of issues that come up for female advisors in this industry being pregnant. Some folks questioning whether you're going to come back. I'm just wondering what that experience was like for you. Absolutely. There's no question that it was challenging and not easy. I think there's two aspects. There's the attracting clients during that time and building the business, which was still not, this was just in its infancy. And mm. in year one, we were still very much out marketing and building our client base. And honestly, I look back at that time and I'm amazed and so thankful for those families that joined us. It seems like it's an incredible risk to hire a young female advisor who's pregnant and just started a business from scratch. And I'm so grateful for those clients that took that leap, uh, yeah. leap of faith in me and my partners. And certainly it brings up a lot of difficult conversations early on with your partners. I've been so fortunate that my two male partners, Josh and EJ, we have worked together nearly seamlessly for the last 17 years. And Josh and I worked at Deloitte prior to that. And we've had an incredible partnership and continue to all work together as we merge into Coldstream. But there's no question at the moment that I got pregnant, like my partners questioned, are you sure you still want to do this? And the question came from the most thoughtful place of wanting to support me. But I think it's a difficult question that only a few, you know, only people in that situation can relate to how you feel at that moment. When, when someone is asking you, are you sure you want to pour all your effort into building a new business at the same time as growing a baby and, and giving birth to starting your family? Because there's the question in and itself brings up some level of guilt that I think all moms feel if they're also building their career and building a family, this guilt that am I spending enough time with my children? And it's not what it's not what my partners meant to. They weren't suggesting that by any means. They were just offering early on. Are you sure you want to be a, an equal partner with us, or, or or would you like to work part time? And of course, I put my foot down and adamantly said, No, I'm in on this. I I do want to be a equal partner, and I can pull this off. Yeah, <laughs> I'm not sure how, but but you do. <laughs> you just do. <laughs> Yeah, good for you. Yeah, and in this industry, with when I took when I had my kids, I had a very structured maternity leave, right, three months or whatever it was. But in this industry, as an independent advisor, you don't necessarily have a, a structured maternity leave where you go out for a certain amount of time. You're sort of structuring that on the go. So, is that kind of Correct. what your experience was? Yeah. Absolutely. There was from day one, it was just the three of us. And over time, we started to hire employees. But at that point, there was no one to back me up. We didn't have any sort of short term disability plan or the infrastructure to provide for a maternity leave. Um, so there just wasn't an option. But I was very 
fortunate at the time. My husband agreed to stay home that first year and raise our daughter. And my mother-in-law and um, you know, the rest of my family was also very supportive. My mother-in-law actually came to live with us. And that really enabled me to pull this off. <laughs> it wasn't mm. easy, but it gave me that time and it helped reduce the guilt a bit, knowing that it was family taking care of Betsy. That was important to me. Yeah, absolutely. And so tell us what happened with your mom at, at that point. Yeah. So she, as I mentioned, three weeks after Betsy was born, my mom had her heart attack and then was in ICU for a period of time before she you know, ultimately recovered, which was wonderful, and did give us another nine months to mm. have an opportunity to have those conversations that when you have a sort of near-death experience in your family, it certainly provokes and gives you that opportunity to you know, express your love and, and say things that you want to make sure you say to your mom. But she did ultimately have another heart attack nine months later and mm. did not survive that one. And does I'm I- so sorry think back, thank you. As I think back to that time, I think people often ask, how did you process that? Or how did you deal with it? And I don't know if others can relate to this, but I, again, I just felt like in, I, I honestly don't know that I had the time to really process it the way that I would today. I remember going to a meeting the next day that I'd already prepared for, and I didn't want to cancel it because then I'd have to prepare again. And then my mm. friend and client that I was meeting with was like, why are you here? I'm like, ah, just sometimes I, I dealt with things just by taking that next step forward and just continuing to do what I was doing. But I do wish maybe I'd taken some more time to, to reflect and slow down. It was just so difficult to do that at the time. Yeah. I think a lot of people, when they deal with death and grief, they sort of try to keep busy and right. keep your mind off of right. it. Uh, yeah. I don't know if that's like a, the healthy way to deal with it or not. Maybe it is. But tell us uh, a little bit about your husband's career path. I know that he got back into work later on. And how did that impact your family? Well, as I mentioned, he spent the first year home, and during that time, he was actively networking with the Seattle Fire Department, and about a year later, was offered a position with the fire department, which was fantastic. Mm -hmm. And so he went through his first year of drill school and became a firefighter working in the Seattle area. And in the meantime, he we had our second child born two years later, and then a third child in June 2000. And so during that time that he was working for the fire department, one nice thing is that they work 24-hour shifts, two shifts every eight days. So he really was still home quite a bit. But when mm -hmm. he was gone at the station, he was completely gone overnight. And so we did sort of a tag team, right? When he mm -hmm. was home, he was with the kids. When, I, when he was at the station, those were the days I would try to work less, and it gave me an opportunity to go volunteer in the kids' classroom and walk to school and do some of the traditional moments that you have with kids. And so I, I did appreciate those days that he was at work because then I was forced to kind of put my work aside and take advantage of those moments to be with my children. But it, I, 
It is very difficult, I think, for both parents to have full-time careers. And we found that, certainly, that we felt like because I was building a business, sometimes that took precedent over whatever Dave was focusing on in his career and the career moves that he wanted to make within the fire department. For example, five, five years in, he became a paramedic. And that's a, in the Seattle area, a position where you only respond to life-threatening events. So it's a very important, you know, role and yet a role that has, can have quite an emotional toll on the first responders, right? They see a lot there, really there in the moment. Ironically, he was getting the training that my, that my mom needed and it was, interesting in that nine months where she was still alive, but still facing health issues that one of those moments, Dave was the one, my husband, Dave was the one who responded and resuscitated her after a fainting incident. So his skills that he was learning in the fire department were actually immediately (laughs) helping our family. Yeah. And I know later on in 2011, another tragedy struck your family. Tell us about what happened. Well, in 2011, just you know, six years after my mom passed away, my oldest brother also suffered from a heart attack. And this one came out of nowhere. He is only 45 years old, has had two beautiful children, nine and 12, and you know, a beautiful wife, and he was very healthy. He was out water skiing with my other brother and a friend and had a sudden heart attack and passed away immediately. Gosh. And so this absolutely rocked our family. In a way, my, my mother's was more of a chronic health condition. And so while it, we had some idea that this was coming, but with my brother wasn't at all. It was just out of the blue. And he was a really important part of my life. Both my brothers live in the Seattle area with their families. And both of them were instrumental in just helping guide me in my career. They're eight and nine years older than me. They also went Mm -hmm. to the University of Washington. They were my brother who passed away was also in finance and, and worked for GE Capital and my other brother is in real estate and has started his own real estate development firm. So both of them have been real role models for me and were a big part of encouraging me to start the business and always providing me with connections of people to mentor me. And so it was a massive blow to suddenly lose my older brother. And tell us a little bit about how his death you know, impacted you and, and caused you to sort of change your outlook on life? I think because it was so sudden and because he was so young. One of the interesting things in our planning work that we do for our clients is that we're generally running plans to ensure people can spend sustainably throughout their expected lifetime, right? And we spend a lot of time talking about what age to plan through, but we don't often run the plan that says, what if you passed away today, right? And so Mm -hmm. to me, it really highlighted the importance of, it's always important to have the long-term plan in place and make sure that you can accomplish your goals and that they're sustainable over the long-term. But I think it's equally important to think about what 
would happen if this was your last day or if things changed in the near term. And certainly just highlights the importance of yeah, making sure you stay in contact with friends and family and you spend that time to appreciate those around you and just recognizing that any day here could be your last day. It certainly shapes my view on life as far as just taking advantage of the moment, appreciating the moment. If there's something that we've, as a family, we've certainly taken the approach that if there's something that's on our bucket list that we want to do, let's do it now. Let's not mm. wait till someday in the future. Yeah. What else have you changed in your life, just given all the circumstances that, that you've uh, gone through? I know you were telling me about how you and your husband sort of try to spend more time together and carve out time to talk and, and to reflect on things. And just I'm just wondering, what else have you changed? One thing that we found really difficult with starting a business, raising three young kids and my husband's career mm. was the, the finding the time, carving out that time to spend time together. I think like all young parents, when you have kids under you know the age of five or 10, that always comes first. They demand attention and you can't not respond to those needs. And then with, with work, both with his work and with mine, both of them were time intensive and energy intensive. And so we would, like many young parents, try to find time to do everything that we needed to do at that time. But I think the thing that really suffers is spending time together and having date nights or making time for personal conversations. And particularly in his line of work where he was going through so much as far as the challenges of becoming a paramedic and building those skills, responding in life-threatening moments, and then the aftermath of every call that he went on. When he would come home in the morning, he would get off shift at 7.30 a.m. He often had been up all night and really needed that time to come home and decompress. And right when he would come, we were in that typical rush to get all the kids off to school by 8.30, a tactic. And yeah. after the kids would go out the door, he would want to sit and decompress and talk about what he'd seen and what he'd gone through and what he felt. And I just remember being in that moment of, oh, it's 8.30, it's 9, I, I got to get to the office, we're starting to have meetings. And we just found it incredibly difficult to find that time. And yet, I think, fast forward 15 years, that time was so critical. I think it's so important to make time to have those conversations. And that is one of those things that I regret. And yet I look back and wonder, ah, how could we have done that differently? It's just, it's a challenge I think all young families face. And mm -hmm. I think the important thing is really recognizing that. And if you can make time somehow in those years to commit to those you know, date nights or opportunities to get away and have the grandparents take care of the kids, it's just mm -hmm. so important. I really think my husband had a more difficult time dealing with everything that he was seeing on the job. And I wish we could, I, I wish I could have been there to help with that more. 
Mm. Um, Cause he ultimately decided about five years later, just to step out of the paramedic role. And that was shortly after he was on scene with the kind of famous duck accident that happened in Seattle on the bridge, a really terrible accident with many casualties. And he was first on scene there. Mm. Just events like that, that are definitely stuck in your mind. Yeah. 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 Stuck in your mind. Exactly. And really take time to process. And so we found that piece difficult and he ultimately decided to go back to being a firefighter and was really excited to drive the tiller truck and had a great group of uh, teammates at Station 17s. But I think overall, it just we found it was really difficult to have both careers. And And frankly, I know that he took sort of the brunt of that in his career and that mine, I hate to use the word took precedent because I don't feel that way, but, you know, building a business does require that, that level of commitment. And so I'm eternally grateful for, for what he's done for our family and, and how he sacrificed that part of his career to help build our business. Yeah. He sounds like he's a, a great partner. How, how do you think some of the events that, that you've gone through in your life have impacted and shaped your career as a financial advisor? I think overall, it does help me relate to all sorts of different client situations. Clearly, when client loses a, a family member, whether it's a sibling or a parent, that's something that hits close to home to me. And I can relate yeah. to what that, that person might be going through. Also, I feel very fortunate with my two brothers who were mentors to me and my father who worked for the same company for 35 years and started as a salesman and worked his way up to an executive. He, he led by example. And so I've, I have these people in my family that helped me be able to relate to, well, frankly, men that I'm working with or clients mm-hmm. that are men or that executive level type person, that's a a client I can also relate to just because of having, I think, older brothers. And at the same time, if it's a client that a mom who's starting a family or a a career female executive, those are all different roles that I've played and have have been part of my life. So it certainly has helped me, I think, in my business and relating to clients and anticipating what sort of planning events those families might be facing and, and going through. As you, I guess, as you look back at, at all these events and sort of reflect on them, is there anything that you've learned or anything that you might have, that you would have done differently? I think there's lots of things I would have done differently. Mm-hmm. I think it's, you know, a matter of, gosh, I look back and still wonder how could I have fit in the time to do it differently? I would have loved to have those coffee chats with my husband when the kids had gone off to school and he'd come back from work. I would have loved to do that after every shift. And that did become an important part of our relationship as the kids got older and they could walk themselves to school. We were able to carve out time for that. And that was incredibly important. The other aspects of things that have happened in my life have certainly led to just a gratefulness for where we are today, that we made it through all those difficult life events. We came through it as a family. And even though there's a few 
less people in my <laughs> extended family. I, I do feel really fortunate, for example, that I, I gained a, a sister-in-law as my brother passed away. I'm so thankful mm. that my sister-in-law stayed in Seattle and continued to raise her kids here. And she's an incredible woman that I've become very close with throughout mm. this time period. And I feel really fortunate to have her in my life. And after my mom passed away, my uh, father remarried a wonderful woman. And you know, I'm fortunate to have them living close by on, on Mercer Island, just a mile from my office. So I'm grateful for coming through all these difficult events as a family and certainly appreciating the people in my life and my business partners who've supported me through all of these events and how we've been able to continue working together and grow the business and hire a great team of people and now are excited to take this next step as we've just completed a merger with Coldstream. And it gives me an opportunity to really focus now on the part of the business that I am so passionate about. That's the financial planning and the wealth strategy that we provide to our clients. That's what my role is as I move forward. Yeah, that's great. And I just, I keep going back to what you said at the beginning where you were in sort of survival mode. And I think a lot of people, especially in the last year through the pandemic, a lot of folks can relate to that. Just sort of a need to get through this tough time and just sort of survive. And that's fine. I think that mindset helps a lot of people just to to get through things, no matter how difficult it is. But I just, you know, really appreciate you sharing your story with us. We're just about out of time, but I'd like to thank my guest, Anne-Marie Stonich, for being on the podcast and just opening up about your life experiences. Anne-Marie, thank you so much. Thank you so much, Diana, for offering the opportunity to do this. It's really been a kind of cathartic moment just to reflect back. And yes, I think you're right that we all go through these periods in our lives where we're in a fog and we just put one foot in front of the other. And as you do make it through it, it's really wonderful to have these opportunities to reflect back and mm. think about you know what you learned from those experiences and if there's an opportunity to share that with others, but also to take a moment to be grateful for all the good things that happened throughout that time. So thank you. This has been a, a really wonderful experience. Yeah, well, thank you so much. If you'd like to reach out to Anne-Marie, if you have questions for her, you can reach her at annemarie.stonich at coldstream.com. And we'll put this information in the, in the show notes below. But if you yourself have a struggle and you wish to share your experiences and help others in similar situations, please feel free to reach out to me at transparencywithdianab at gmail.com. I'd like to thank you for listening to Transparency with Diana B. If you've not subscribed to the podcast yet, please click the subscribe now button below. This is Diana Britton reminding you that where there's healing, there is hope. We'll see you next time. Thank you for listening to the Transparency with Diana B. podcast. Click the subscribe button below to be notified when new episodes become available. 
The information covered and posted represents the views and opinions of the guest and does not necessarily represent the views or opinions of wealthmanagement.com. The content has been made available for informational and educational purposes only. The content is not intended to be a substitute for professional advice. Always seek the advice of your healthcare provider with any questions you have regarding your particular situation.